You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. Something that God's been stirring over this last little while in my heart, uh, and something we've been sharing for this this last few weeks in the Burgess Hill campus, um, is this aspect of discipleship. And in our cultural context that we live in, um, if you say you're a Christian, it has a, a lot of different connotations. Uh, a lot of people would call themselves Christians if they have done this, uh, the following things. One is maybe they've been christened as a baby. So because they've been christened as a baby, thus they're a Christian. Um, maybe they go to church once in a while or, or have parents that go to church. Or maybe they hold Christian values. So that would be a good definition. I'm, 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 a, I'm a Christian. Maybe even believe in Jesus but don't actively pursue relationship with him. Would still, you know, if a census went around, they say, yeah, I'm a Christian. Right, uh, I'm a Christian. When um, we even look at the church, there often can be a tiered system of Christianity. There, for for some, it can be people who are really kind of sold up for Jesus and really zealous for Him. But on the other side of the spectrum, you can have people that kind of dip in and dip out, and and it's all kind of it's all all under the same banner of Christianity. There's only one type of Christian, though. Um, or follower of Christ, and that's actually a disciple. The, in the Bible, when Jesus talked about following him and, and choosing to be like him or, or listening to him, uh, he, he actually only defined one way of following him, and that was being a disciple of him. There was no actually option A, option B, option C with benefits. You know, there was, there was only one type of follower of Jesus, and that's a disciple. In other words, if you're not a disciple, you're not a Christian which is kind of the other way to look at it. If you're not a disciple, if you're not saying I'm a disciple of Jesus, then actually we can't say on the other front that I'm a Christian. Now, it's a harsh, maybe a harsh statement to say, but over these coming weeks, we're going to be looking at, and I know Julian will be unpacking Jeanette and Chris, all these different aspects of discipleship. What does it mean to be a disciple? Because in some, again, in the church, I think we look at discipleship as something that's an elementary part of our walk with Jesus. To be a disciple is something that you do when you first come to the Lord. You maybe do an alpha or you maybe do, um, you do a, co- a discipleship course. And then you kind of, you tick that box of you've done the discipleship thing. Now you're ready to go on to deeper things. Discipleship being the entry level and not kind of the, the, the finished product. However, when we look at a disciple, a disciple is a student training and learning to be like the teacher in every way, right? So not just learning what the teacher has to say. So when you go to math class as a student, you're learning what the teacher has to say. But a disciple is actually someone who's wanting to be like the teacher in every way. So to imitate the teacher, to to act like the teacher, to uh, emulate the teacher, you're really, it's like a mentor more than it is a teacher, but you're, you're wanting to be like, like the teacher, to imitate, as I said. When we commit our lives to Christ, and pray the salvation prayer, it's not actually the finish line, but it's the starting block, isn't it? It's the starting point. It's actually the introduction to our teacher that now for the rest of our lives, we're learning to become like him. I think in this room, and no matter how long you follow Jesus, whether you've just started on the journey or you've walked with him a long time, actually, we all have something to still learn, don't we? Would you agree? Have we, have any of us reached that line? You think, do you know what? I'm just like Jesus. You look at me, you see Jesus in every single way. 
Well, no, actually, when, when we look at one another, especially when you look at ourselves, and you, if you're honest with yourself, you think, you know what, I've got a long ways to go. I, I'm over here, Jesus is over here, and actually, when I look at Scripture, and I look at who Jesus was, and the life he lived, and his values, and, and his character, I think, actually, do you know what, even though I've been walking with God for a long time, I've been a Christian since I was a child, so probably about 35 years I followed the Lord, and yet I still look at my life thinking, God, I'm just beginning I got so much to I, I've got so much to learn. I got so much to go. His spirit, when we when we say yes to him, we're introduced to, to who the teacher is, but his spirit is given to us to help us transform us from the inside out. It's not up to you and me to look at Jesus and say, Okay, I have to conform to be like him somehow. But actually he said, I'm gonna give you a helper who from the inside out is gonna help change you so it isn't about you trying to be something, but more just allowing me to be something in you. Does that make sense? It's his spirit actually in us that helps us to become like him. Now, Jesus raised the disciple, uh, sorry, raised the bar of what discipleship would look like when he said the following in Luke 14. Now, if someone maybe can go to the computer, that would be helpful. Thank you. Luke chapter 14. And we're going to read verses 25 right through to 35. A large crowd, large crowds were traveling with Jesus. And turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me, and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, his brother and sisters. Yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Now, just to preface this a little bit, in comparison, what he was ultimately saying is that I need to be number one above everything else in your life. Okay? So, yeah, it's the same thing. Um, if, if, you, if you don't... If, if your wife or your family or your father or mother, if, if they're before me, actually, you can't be my disciple. I have to be number one in your life in comparison to all these other people, right? Now, that's a difficult one for most of us to swallow. If anyone does not carry his cross and follow me, he cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he says the foundation for if he lays the foundation and he is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, This follow, fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against the other kings. Will he not first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the others while the other is still a long way off and ask terms of peace. In the same way, if any of you does not give up everything he has, cannot be my disciple. Oh yeah, we'll reach it to 35. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? If it is neither fit for the soil nor the manure pile, it is thrown out. He who has an ear, let him hear. Here Jesus says, if you don't give up everything, you can't be my disciple. Verse 33, in the same way, any of you who does not give up everything, he cannot be my disciple. Now, it really starts, what Jesus is saying, the very starting point of discipleship is surrender. It's saying, okay, God, here, here it is, here's my life. I, I hold everything I have with open hands to you. Giving everything that we have, everything that we are, 
into Christ's hands without exception, holding our lives before him, in essence, with open hands. Now, this is a challenge for us for a number of reasons. One is that we have a free will. I think it would be so much easier if God just said, you know, to be my disciple, you just say this prayer, and then I will come and I'll just take over. Boom. We just, we just now think like robots. Whatever God wants, we do. But actually, God has left our will intact. And so surrender is not something you kind of do as a one-off. God, I give you my life. And then you kind of go on with your world and your, your, your everyday life, and, and that's kind of an easy thing. But actually, surrender and giving up everything is something that becomes a daily process for all of us. Because the problem comes is when we want to do something that, different than what God wants in our lives. All of us have these moments when the Spirit of God tugs on our hearts to do something different to what we want to do. We think we know what is best in our circumstances, yet God has a bigger picture. And often I found myself wrestling with God, thinking, God, I don't think you really know the whole story, though, do you? Come on, God, you couldn't possibly think this is correct. God says, I, I want, if you want to be my disciple, you have to give up everything. You have to surrender your life. The second challenge that we have with this is that there are parts of our lives that will need to be changed, broken off through the work of God in us, if we allow him to. And again, I think all of us, we have things in us. And again, the longer our journey with Christ, this is not any, it has not become any easier to allow God to change and form things in me that are otherwise my old nature. Again, I grew up in a Christian family, going to church my whole life. You think, how much stuff in me would have to change? A lot. A lot. Because I have an old nature that needs to become more and more like Jesus. But every time God says, I want, there's something in your, there's a bit of pride in you. There's a bit of this. There's a bit of jealousy. There's a bit of envy. There's a bit of anger. There's a bit of worry. There's some fear. There's all these little bits that they need to change. Do you know what? I have to give way to him. But that's not easy because in me, Everything in me wants to hold on to those things because in some strange way I find comfort in the old me. Would you not agree? We find comfort in the old. It's difficult to surrender because we let go of control. And I think so long as we have control of certain areas of our lives, we feel a sense of contentment. We feel like it's okay. I can be okay. Even if I'm worried, sick about life, you know, I'm okay if I'm in control. But God says, you know what, that's not... That's what not being a disciple is all about. Being a disciple says, God, here's my life. I, I surrender it all. I, I'm picking up my cross and I'm following you. I'm laying down everything. It's a high, it's a high line. It's a hard challenge for us. The third challenge we have with this is that our character and our thought process will need to be altered. The Bible talks about the renewing of our minds, right? We, we all have a thought process. You know, we face situations and, you know, I faced a situation just a week ago, and uh, I realized deep inside me is some not nice things. You know, when you're bumped, when you're pushed in life, in those moments, what comes out of you? You know, and for me, there was something that pushed me. And I realized, Mr. Nice, Gentle Pastor, I had some anger, and I had some things in me that weren't very pleasant, some thoughts that weren't of Jesus. And I realized that actually in these moments, when our old nature, it's like when you kick a, a bucket, whatever is, whatever comes in it will start to spill out. And in those moments when our bucket is kicked, life kicks our bucket. 
Our character is challenged because God says, there's my way. There's a fruit of the Spirit in this moment, or is the fruit of your flesh, of your old man. And in each of these moments, we have a choice as to whether we say, God, I continue to be your disciple. I want to be like Jesus in this circumstance. I want to be like you right now with what I'm going through. So I'm going to give way to you. Uh, even though everything in me wants to do this, I'm going to do this because you're asking me to. It's a challenge. The last area I find is a challenge is that things we'll have to let, we'll have to let go of for Christ to be formed in us. In Galatians 4.19, talks about Christ being formed in us. You know, all of us, th- there's things that we hold on to. And in order for us to be truly a disciple, there's things we have to continue to let go. Continue to let go. Continue to say, okay, God, have your way. And that's why I think for us to think and, and to um, think of discipleship as something that's only for new believers is completely wrong. Because actually for all of us, God calls us to become more and more and more like him. It is not a course. It's not a program. It's a lifestyle. Christ is to be formed in all of us. We are to become more like Jesus today than we were. We're to be more like him today than we were a few years ago or even yesterday. But in order for, order for that to happen, we have to let go. We have to say, okay, God, here, here it is. Here's my finances. Here's my health. Here's my relationships. Here's, here's my fears. Here's my worries. Here's my unforgiveness. Here's all these things that would otherwise be holding me back. I just give them to you. And in that process, Christ has formed in us. We're going to watch a video that just helps illustrate this. Now, I apologize if you've seen this video before. A number of years ago, I showed it here. Um, and so if you have seen it, I, I apologize. I want to be everything he created me to be. And so I go to him in prayer and I say, Dear Heavenly Father, do whatever it takes to mold me into the image of your son. Make me your masterpiece. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hi. Whoa. Who are you? I'm God. You said the prayer, so here I am. You're not God. No, I am. You said the prayer. That's how it works. Okay, okay. If you're God, then uh, make it snow in here. You know what? I really don't want to make it snow in here because it'd get kind of yucky. Yeah, you're not God. Why do you say that? God wouldn't say yucky. I do. It's a Greek word. Oh. Okay, okay. Um, if you're God, what does Lamentations 15.9 say? Lamentations is only five chapters. It's a very short book. Oh. Why was it so short? I was tired of lamenting. Oh. Okay, okay. If you're God, who's going to win the World Series this year? I'm really not into playing games. Why are you so much into playing games? You are God. What gave it away? You answered my question with a question. I did? <sighs> yeah, I do that. Don't I? I did it again. Step right up. Here we go. Okay. All right. Hey, what are we doing? I'm going to make you my original masterpiece. This is the process. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Wait, wait. What are these about? These are the tools I'm going to use to make you into my original masterpiece. Okay. Hang on. Yeah. I thought you were a carpenter. That's my son. Step right up. Here we go. Okay. Oh, hey, God. Mm -hmm. How do you know what to chisel away and what to leave? I take out everything in your life that doesn't belong there, kind of like dead weight. Ooh, speaking of dead weight, could you chisel right here? It showed up when I was in my 20s and grew around and became back fat. I don't even know why you created that, but I can't get rid of it. I mean, I've tried everything. Like, I tried running. I tried lifting weights. My wife actually talked me into trying Pilates. That was awkward, but I can't get rid of it. So if you would just chisel around here, and then, you know what, if you chisel a line right here and maybe four to five, maybe eight lines right here, that would be awesome. <laughs> You're funny. You made me that way. 
I also made the platypus. The platypus? All I'm saying is most of my children, when it comes to this process, they just want to talk, but they don't want to do the work. So do you want to talk or can I chisel? Talk, chisel? No, 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 no. I choose to chisel. All right. Through my Holy Spirit, I'm going to bring up things in your life that I want you to work on. Like your anger. I created the emotion, but you use it in the wrong way. Um, You compare yourself to others instead of me. You tell little white lies because you want to people please. You're lazy. But you try to fool everybody by looking really, really busy. You have a problem with lust? Time out. (laughs) I don't really have a problem with lust. You don't have a problem with lust. No, I can do it anytime I want. Hang on a second. I mean, I, I got to admit, I, I feel like you've been doing some great work, and I'm looking pretty good right now. All right, when you look in the mirror, who do you see? I see me. Okay, then I need to keep chiseling away because ultimately, you and other people need to see my son. Okay, don't misunderstand me. It's just um, when I look more like Jesus, people get uncomfortable around me. I mean, even my church friends, and they're like, "Oh, you're holier than thou," you know. And, and I don't, I don't think I'm supposed to make people uncomfortable. So what you're saying is, you'd rather play God in certain areas of your life than for me to be God over your whole life. That is not what I said. It's what you meant. Yes, it is. Um, it's hard to talk to you. You know everything that I'm thinking. I'm just saying you've done some great work. Maybe we take a break, a sabbatical from each other. You know, I'll stay right here, and then you That's know. That's just it. You never just stay right there. You're either moving toward me or away from me, but never you just stay. What you're doing is called control. Do you want to control things in your life or can I chisel? Control, chisel, control, chisel. No, chisel, chisel. All right. But can we chisel where I want? That's called control. Okay, I'm sorry. Now this right here, this secret sin that you keep running to whenever you're hurting, angry, lonely, tired, that you think you're fooling everybody, but it's making you a whitewashed tomb. Are you ready for me to chisel this out of your life? Yeah. See, it's a process. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's your whole life. And you care so deeply about what other people think of you. It's rubbish. It's garbage. The greatest thing you're ever going to hear is at the end of your life, when you hear me say, well done, good and faithful servant, that's what you keep your eye on. That's the prize. Heavenward. Oh, that hurts. Oh, trust me. This hurts me more than it hurts you. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. I just, I don't think you understand this pain. Pardon me? You're asking me to sacrifice a lot, God. Don't talk to me about sacrifice. I know all about sacrifice. I sent my son to die on the cross for pain, for sin, but I also did it for another reason, to give you freedom. Do you know what insanity is? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. And there are things that you've been doing for years. These empty wells that don't have anything to offer. You've been going to them and it's insane. Allow me to chisel them out of your life. Um, Allow me to produce character where you keep focusing so much on your image. Okay, but I was thinking. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Okay, but if we went another way. Your ways are not my ways. Oh, I can't. You can't what? I, I, I can't be good. That's your excuse. That's your excuse is that you can't be good. It's not an excuse. I can't. Oh, my child. In the beginning, I said it was good. I made you good. Be good. Yeah. But you and I both... What? Nothing. No, what is it? Nothing. 
okay? You wouldn't understand. I, God of all the universe, wouldn't understand something one of my children has to say. Try me. It's just, um, I let you down so many times, God. No, my child. You were never holding me up. I hold you up with my victorious, righteous right hand. Never the other way around. In this relationship, I hold you up. Okay. Chisel away. Just, just be prepared for what you're going to find in there. Because I know who's inside there. Because I get up every morning and I look at him in the mirror. And I hate who I see. Because deep inside there, this, this, this little kid who gets up every morning and dresses like an adult. And I go out and I, and I try to do what I'm supposed to do, but I can't, okay? I can't be who everybody else expects me to be. God, I can't even be who I want to be, much less who you created me to be. And so inside is this scared, stupid little kid. But you chisel away. Just be prepared. You have listened to so many voices for far too long that were not from me. And you have totally bought into the lie, haven't you? You think you're junk, don't you? When you lay your head down at night after you've done the dance to get the hug, you think you're junk. Listen to me. I don't take time to make junk. How can I show you that my love for you stretches as far as the east to the west? That How can I show you that my love for you has no end? I know. Reach your back pocket. What? Reach your back pocket. Why? Are you arguing with me? Reach your back pocket. Oh, God. Yes? I just meant, God, I'll do that right now. You're just saying my name in vain. Come on. It's, it's a name. It's a saying. It's a name above all names. It's more than a saying. It's more than a name. I want to teach you something about my name. Reach in your back pocket. Oh my gosh. You know what that is? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a note. I, I wrote it when I was in college. How did you get this? Hello? Oh yeah. Go ahead, read it. I love Angie. Other side. Sorry. Dear God, did I hear you right today? Did I hear you say that you love me? Even though you and I both know I messed up so many times. Did I hear you say you want to use me? And I feel so useless. If you'll take me, then use me. God, I give you all that I am. Take me. I love you, God. I love you too. And I love you too much just to leave you where you're at. This salvation that you hold, I don't want it to be some sentimental gush or some head knowledge. I want you to work it out in every detail of your life. And when problems come and chaos happens, don't look at that as a, as a prison, but look at it as a father disciplines his child. A father disciplines the ones he loves. 
I know, but it's going to be tough. Yes, but you bought into the lie thinking everything was going to be easy when you gave everything over to me. There will be trouble in this world. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I want you to do something. I want you to look out there and I want you to say, Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Tommy is God's... No, not the way you see yourself or you try so desperately for others to see you. But maybe for the first time in your life, the way I see you, the way I created you. Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Yes, you are. And so are you. God doesn't make junk. You are an original masterpiece. All right. I realize that video packs a lot of punch in different areas. But ultimately, if I can close it in this way, that God is calling us to give everything we have to him. And again, when we look at what it means to follow Jesus, he, he isn't looking us just to give him lip service, but he's actually got a perfect plan for our lives. But in order for his perfect plan to be worked out, we need to say, God, here's my whole life. We see one of the last lines in the video is, he loves us too much to leave us as we are. And when he looks at our lives and when we look at what it means to be a disciple, actually, it's about us stepping into the image he called us to have from the very beginning. It isn't about us being something different, but actually being a disciple, being a follower of him, is actually us stepping into the very best thing. When God thought of you, he thought of you in this way, that he would see his son in your life. He loves you. And he wants to have complete control over everything. But in order for him to have complete control, it requires us to say, God, here's my life. And I know, again, as I started near the beginning, is that we can, we can think, well, I said the sinner's prayer maybe at some point. But actually, surrender is one of those things I think every day we come back to. And it's every day us saying, God, here's my life. Maybe God wants to do something in you that may be difficult, may be painful. But you know what? There's always a, the, the other side of it. When God removes something in us, he gives us something far better. You know, sometimes it's difficult to lay down pain or it's difficult to lay down hurt or unforgiveness. But you know, there's on the return is he comes with his peace. He comes with his joy. And if we allow him to have his way in us, he will give us far back, he'll give us far more than we ever gave him in our lives. And I guess just as I end, I, I just felt today it'd be great to maybe once again saying, God, I surrender to you. I, I surrender to your will. I surrender to your way. That in every part of me, every, who, every part of my life, that you would, you would form in me what needs to be formed. And maybe as a response to this, we could, if this is you today, if that's your prayer, for you to stand with me, I'm standing already as saying, God, I'm surrendering to you. 
But if that's you, I, I just encourage you to stand. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.